The SDR Disco Call podcast is proudly sponsored by the number one best-selling sales book, Problem Prospecting. If you're an SDR who sat there staring at the phone too nervous to pick it up and make that cold call, or perhaps you're frustrated that your emails aren't getting the responses that you want, or perhaps you're a professional wanting to book more meetings with your ideal prospects. Written by three sales leaders with over 30 years of experience between them, Problem Prospecting is a book like no other. It's not theory-based. Instead, it's filled with actionable pipeline generation tips, tricks, scripts, how-to guides, and practical frameworks that you can start to use immediately. See it as your prospecting playbook to help you book more pipeline. To grab your copy, head over to Amazon and search Problem Prospecting today. Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development, what have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date, and what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers. Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. Hello, all you happy podders and listeners. So today we're taking your minds and ears back to November 2020, where we met the SDR who was responsible for the hashtag SDRs of LinkedIn viral challenge, the one and only enterprise SDR Ellie Twigger from Salesloft. We're going to be hearing about how she fell into sales selling courses, being an SDS specialist at Forrester working alongside the legendary Stratford Canning. Also, her story of how she booked an enterprise meeting with the CEO of Marks and Spencers using video, how she sold Salesloft internally at Forrester, which then led her on to a job at Salesloft, but having a heart-to-heart with Ollie Sharp, but also the amazing welcome from Carl Porter, their CEO, how they got through lockdown together as a team, best practices for onboarding, and how Ellie likes to keep it real. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hello listeners, it's your host here, Neil Buyan, and today we've got a very bubbly character and somebody I've been looking forward to having into our show at the SDR Disco Call podcast. Today we're going to be having Ellie Twigger from Salesloft. Ellie is somebody that I connected through on LinkedIn. Um, we had a bit of a chat a few weeks ago. She's got a super cool story and most recently she's had some good news, but there are so many exciting nuggets that we're going to get in today. But Ellie, welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I am doing really well. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much for being a guest. <laughs> so Ellie, for the people that can't see you but can hear you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like who are you? Where are you currently working? What do you do? And a little bit of in- uh, interesting information about yourself. Of course. So like you said, I'm Ellie. I'm an SDR currently at Salesloft. I've been with the company now for eight months. um, And the exciting news is that I've recently been promoted into the enterprise segment. So really excited to start this new journey in my SDR career. Um, A little bit about Salesloft. We're a sales engagement platform, just basically helping SDRs do their job every day. That's as simple as it gets. (laughs) I love it. 
a little bit about myself. Um, I have a new puppy. Well, she's not new anymore. She's now nine months old, but she's crazy. Oh. So if you hear her barking, she is downstairs, but um, apologies. She's crazy, but she's kept me sane during lockdown. And honestly, I can't imagine life without her now. It's I completely get what they say. A dog is a, a man's best friend because she is like my best friend. Oh, I love it. And again, all pets and dogs are welcome to this show, so we have no <laughs> problems with that. Um, and yes, I think that your puppy is a bit of a celebrity on LinkedIn. It's kind of how I found you with a video uh, with your puppy falling asleep when you was giving a lovely pitch. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining. So you're based out here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Where about are you in London? Whereabouts in the UK are you, Ellie? I actually live in Kent. Um, I'm a born and bred Kent girl. Um, live very close to my friends and family. Used to live in London, obviously work. Well, used to work before lockdown in London, mm. but um, I'm a I'm a Kent girl. Love it. Sorry, through <laughs> and through. Welcome to the show. So, Ellie, like when I was looking at your LinkedIn, um, I'd seen that you've had a bit of a, an experience and a journey before you got to Salesloft. So, I saw that you was working at the Oxford International Group. You're working for Bucksmore. You had a stint at Forrester. Um, you were somebody that's involved with the SDRs of London. And then obviously, like you say, you've been at Salesloft for the last eight or nine months. What was that journey like? Like what happened from like you came out of studying and then you kind of, you know, went into this journey? Like how did you get to where you are today? So I studied English and drama at university and at the time, I thought I really want to be an actress. I want to be in films. I want to be on the stage. And then it kind of all fell through when I got to university because I thought I don't actually want to be an actress. I Mm. loved it. I loved performing, loved plays, but I thought the last thing I want to do is actually do this for a career. And I read somewhere that you should do, um, have a hobby, but it shouldn't be what you love. It shouldn't, because you then fall out of love with it. Um, Mm. So I decided to carry on, obviously, my studies. Um, And then when I left, I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. During my summers at university, I used to work um, with Oxford International Group. And I used to help them run language courses for international students. And I did the activity side. So we'd have huge groups of students from, say, Italy, China, Spain, all coming over to um, take their language lessons. And then I would run all the activities. I'd do tour trips, take them to London, take them to um, Windsor. And then I would teach them a little bit about the area. And I loved that because I got to meet so many people of different nationalities I got to talk to them about, you know, what they were doing. Obviously, they were at school. They wanted to learn English. Um, and that was really fun. Uh, but then I thought, I can't do this every summer. I need a proper job. Yeah. So I went traveling for three months. I traveled Australia and I traveled Hawaii. That was amazing. But then when I mm. came back, I thought, yeah, I need a job now. So I contacted Oxford International and they referred me to one of their um, sister, well, the company within Oxford International, which was Bucksmore. Now, yeah. Bucksmore was amazing because they ran their own schools, but they also had what is called a home tuition um, side where you would go and live and learn with your teacher. Oh, wow. And I would I got the job that I would um, organize the courses. So I basically did sales without realizing I did sales. (laughs) (laughs) I would 
place students in teachers houses I would make sure the course ran smoothly I would respond to agent inquiries I would sell the course but I had no idea I was selling I had no idea I was in sales mm. and then I realized oh yeah I am in sales mm. <laughs> I, but um I had missed out that whole pre-sales bit that sales development side I was doing the closing I was reaching targets but I was wasn't doing anything to do with sales development and I thought if I'm going to going to have a career in sales I need to explore all elements nice I thought you know what I'm going to go and be an SDR um Mm. at Forrester they were called SDSs at the time um what what does SDS stand for it was sales development specialist oh okay so I I thought that sounded really posh I thought that sounded really posh. So I thought I applied for the job, got the job, pre-GDPR days, you know, um, go in. When life was easy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mass mail, loads of people. Um, (laughs) And that was really fun. And I learned how to run discovery calls. I learned how to do elements of being an SDR. And um, I was working with an amazing guy called Stratford Canning, and he basically taught me everything about being an SDR. He, especially as I was in that role, GDPR came into play. So we had to completely strip back and change our entire processes. The majority of the team left, so it was just me and him. So we were just building it up from scratch. And that was really fun. I was working on huge companies Marks and Spencers, John Lewis, all the big retailers. Actually, one of my my winning story from Forrester was that I sent a video to the CEO of Marks and Spencers. I love video. I'll talk about this in a bit. Yeah, yeah. And the CEO played it in his board of directors meeting. What? Because he loved it so much. This CEO that I've seen on the telly, I thought, you know what, I'll send him a video. Yeah. And he sent it and he played it in his board of directors meeting. And then I got some emails from like the CIO, the CMO, all this stuff back coming back to me which I thought was really sweet really nice so that just kind of shows that you don't always have to go bottom up you can go top down as an SDR so loved being an SDR there was really fortunate to get promoted to be an associate account executive I was Mm. working in the Nordic and Benelux region absolutely loved it got to travel got to um, meet lots of different people and I then discovered sales. I actually discovered Salesloft when I was an SDR. I demoed the platform. I fell head over heels in love with the platform. I've never experienced anything where you demo a product and you think, oh my gosh, I need to use it. I need this, pla- mm. this product. And I was telling all my friends about it, whoever was in sales, you need to look at Salesloft. You need to, you need to buy Salesloft. I was selling it so much internally. Even mm. when I was an um, account executive, I was trying to sell it and bring it into the company. Mm. And I thought, I had this moment where I thought, why, if I'm selling it this much internally, why don't I just go work for the company? So they just, it was honestly a light bulb moment. And I still, at the time, they weren't hired, they didn't have any jobs. They just opened their London office. Um, looked like they had a great team and I did some research on LinkedIn found out that the guy I needed to speak to was an incredible incredible guy called Ollie Sharp so I dropped him I I kind of prospected him dropped (laughs) him a LinkedIn message saying hey I'm in love with your company I'd love to come and work with you nice he said great time in Ellie we've got some jobs coming up in the next month so let's chat and then but he said to me what role do you want 
because I see that you're an account executive. Do you want a closing role here? And I said, well, well yeah, obviously. And mm. he said, Ellie, I'm going to be so straightforward with you. You're not the right fit for this. Here at Salesoft, we're selling to tech, majority tech companies and it's small business. Your experience from the looks of it is B2C companies, big enterprise companies, mm. bit of a different fit. And he was like, would you come in and be an SER? And at the time, you know, some people are like, oh, SDR is so behind me. I don't need to do that. But because yeah. I love being an SDR, I love the science behind being behind sales development. And I think mm. now I've fallen more and more in love with the whole idea of sales development. I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to apply for to be an SDR and mm. learn this whole new world. Um, so, yeah, eight months ago, joined start of lockdown. Best decision I ever made. Love and it. and here I am. Woohoo! That is <laughs> that is an amazing story. You've got you've gone through so many different experiences there. Like you said, um, you were doing selling without realizing that you were selling. Well, when you was building out those courses, you obviously went into Forrester. So that for those that don't know, huge uh, global research company that a lot of tech companies lean towards mm-hmm. to find out who good vendors are when they're looking for specific tools or within industry. And a lot of salespeople look, read Forrester reports. But like you said, he was building out this um, this function with Stratford. Stratford, somebody I know, he's uh, the only reason that I joined the SDR leaders uh, on mm. Slack uh, earlier this year because I was looking for inspiration and insight. So top man, Stratford, if you're listening in, <laughs> big shouts out to you as well. Um, but like you said, you came across the tool that you now work for, or the platform solution at SalesLoft, because you were an end user. You were mm. a complete avid fan of it. And to your point, you reached out to Ollie. Um, you prospected him and you gave, you stroked his ego, said, I really love your company. I'd love to work for you. But he kept it real with you. Like he yeah. was being honest and saying like, based on currently where you are and currently where you want to go, it might not be a fit. And I think um, a lot of people that are going through recruitment at the moment, especially around lockdown, they're trying to get as many people through the door, but kind of saying, Do you know what, I want this to be the right thing for you. And then, as you said, you're a fan of sales development. And so am I. We're big fans of this, this, this function. Um, that you're able to now learn these things, go through it at a really great company. Um, and you've grown uh, in a positive way, a lot of notoriety as being really like a core SDR to connect with and you're always sharing your insights. <laughs> um, but what was it like, like coming into lockdown, into this tech company? It was a completely different world to say working at Forrester. What was that transition like and how was it? How were you onboarded? What, what was going through your mind? I'll be honest, I've never experienced anything like it. Um I it was it is like a family and it's funny because you read obviously reviews I was speaking to people in my interview and they were saying oh um it's like you won't know it until you're here but it is like a family and when I'm kind of interviewing people and talking to people I say the exact same thing it is a family the thing that stood out for me more than anything was on my first day obviously the time difference we're obviously we're going start of a pandemic they have this huge conference every year that they were looking at cancelling and so that was on top of everyone's mind obviously so much money had gone into this my first day ollie knows me very well he knows how excited i get and he said could you come into this room come in because this was while we were still in the office and he sat me down and he left me in there and all of a sudden on up on the screen popped our ceo carl porter and he'd come into the office especially early 7am their time midday our time just to welcome me wow and I was like Carl 
what you're currently going you're deciding what to do with your events and all this like you must have so much going on why do you want to speak to me and he was like of course I want to speak to you like you're new to the company I want to welcome you properly and that meant so so much to me Mm. that I was like we had like a half an hour chat about my experience. He was talking to me a bit about sales loft and um, what his vision art is. And I was like, this is just, I've never experienced anything like that. Mm. Um, obviously the team is so, so welcoming. And especially here in Emir, we have such talented people to learn from. And straight away, I knew when I walked in that I was going to learn from each individual person. But obviously lockdown hits. And mm. it was, I was a bit nervous. I thought, how am I going to, I'm new to the company. How am I going to build relationships with people? If I'm not with them every day, how am I going to listen to discovery calls? How am I going to do cold calling? You know, all those SDR things that you really need to be next to another SDR for. Mm. We kind of got through that every morning. We would have um, a meeting where we'd share what we'd done for the day. We look a lot about what we've done for ourselves mentally and physically, not just talking about work. So I felt like I was getting to know everyone. And then I had my three weeks onboarding. And oh my God, I've never, it was just, it, it was insane. Three weeks intense with our sales enablement team in the US and hands down to them, they are the best some of the best people I've ever come across Mm. I thought obviously I'm an experience I was experienced I'd been a closer I thought no they can't teach me anything I know what I'm doing they taught me so much they made me rethink everything about how I target an account how I target a prospect how I start that conversation and I didn't feel like I was in onboarding I felt like I was just like I was excited every day to do my classes, to do my homework. And I think that's one thing with an SDR is when you're looking at joining a company, make sure it is with a company that you know you will love the product. Mm-hmm. Because it. I never, even now when I'm working, I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm just, I talk about a product that I love and I never feel like I'm going to work. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just kind of just sharing the, what I, my hashtag on LinkedIn is sharing the sales love, spreading the sales love, sorry. That's what I think I'm doing. I'm just spreading the message of sales loft. So the onboarding was fantastic. And then we were kind of not thrown out, but it was like, right, off you go. Go and go start, do the thing. Go be an SDR. And yeah. that was that was great as well because you realize how many people actually need sales engagement in their lives. So you're having very meaningful conversations. I feel very lucky that I'm one of the few SDRs that use a product that they get to sell. I use Sales Loft every day. I also get mm. to sell Sales Loft. So yeah. a lot of my conversations, they haven't really been discovery calls. It's been best practice sessions of, okay, how are your SDRs using it? How are your sales reps using? How are they prospecting? And then I can talk mm. a little bit about oh, how I do it. So I never feel like I'm in one of those, you know, strict discovery calls where you have to tick off this, tick off this. I just feel like I'm having a chat. A cu- and a, 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 like a virtual cup of tea in a conversation like this. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Like you said, you're not really having a discovery call, you're sharing best practices. Mm. And I think those are where the best conversations have. So again, with Sales Loft, you're probably going to be speaking to like sales leaders or even marketing leaders around messaging, how do we connect with our customers, etc. And to your point as an SDI, if you're that first line conversation and you're saying, do you know what? This is currently what's working for me. You can even give your own examples of using your own platform and strategies and techniques because that way you're not really selling the platform so much. The platform is what enables you to do all those great things. 
Uh, but like you said, not having to tick off a sheet. Did I ask the right situational yeah. question? Did I ask enough pain questions? Did I summarize enough, et cetera? But having a human conversation with another human person, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Mm. And what I'd love to hear at the beginning of that also was Kyle got some time down for you, even though that he's a CEO, he's a busy guy. Oh, very busy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when I was a young SDR many years ago, um, and I saw Kyle building out Sales Loft, and he really did stand out to me like way back in the day when it, what he was trying to build, um, and I had a lot of uh, admiration for him, and to see where it is today, but to hear that he's still giving time to have a chat with you and welcome, that's that's friggin' amazing. Um, and you mentioned, obviously, with the whole um, onboarding experience. Again, granted, I've spoken to a lot of SDRs in the last few weeks where onboarding is part of a process, especially during lockdown. You've got yeah. time to learn now, but... When you're saying that, like with a team based out in uh, the US that were training you and helping you learn things that you think you didn't need to learn, but it did open your eyes to a lot of things. What would you say really makes a good onboarding process for an SDR? What key things uh, are there to be learned and how do you best learn? I think um, obviously asking good questions, but kind of teaching you to ask questions in a non-interrogative way I think that's how you say it um like you're not interrogating someone and but you need to find this information like it again you do need to source specific information from them but it's about how you have that conversation the other thing as well is the most important thing is teaching SDRs humility is I think mm. is, it, is it hum is that's the word isn't it humility I think it is um <laughs> how, how, so if you could explain when you mean humility like how would like you how to be a human that? just teaching them how to be a human in the sense that I think that's the word sorry um that you call up someone and you cold called someone and you've interrupted their day just be a human have a conversation with them and the other thing as well with the onboarding is obviously you do the you learn how to we learn how to demo sales loft even though I don't run the demos I learned mm. how to demo sales loft and I find that's really important because again for the future let's say I want to go down the route of account executive, account management, customer success, I'm going to need to be demoing it. I always feel like I've already got a kickstart of it. Mm. And it's also, you don't, the one thing I found really interesting with the um, onboarding was they didn't kind of segment SDRs away from account executives. We were all together. So we all learned the same things. So that mm. obviously if the time comes and you want to move into that next role, you've had that same start as everyone else. And um, the last thing as well is kind of looking at, is just get onboarding and getting to know each other. We would, um, I, I feel like I've built some fantastic relationships with colleagues across the pond that I met during my onboarding, but I may never have spoken to. So mm. yeah, my, I think my main takeaway is obviously building relationships, being human and learning everything about the platform that you need to. You're right. I totally agree with all of those. And I think that's an interesting piece that you say about, learning uh, how to demo your own solution and mm. not to segregate yourselves from AEs and SDRs. Like everybody goes through the same experience, learns the same thing. Because I get asked by a lot of VPs of sales, like when I do training and coaching like Neil, um, with the SDRs, obviously they, they're focusing on pipeline gen uh, and trying to book meetings and spark up conversations. Do they really need to be touching the platform too much or, you know, doing presentations? Yeah. I said, well, put it this way, you as SDRs, you have to basically sell, in essence, a vision of a solution or a new way of working without even showing it in a demo because you're trying to tee it up for your account exec, right? 
But I think it's important to know how it works, how certain like features and kind of like why people use certain elements of the platform. But if you don't have that hands-on training or you're able to demo it, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to go teach you to play football, but I've never kicked a ball and I yeah. don't know how to kick it, but I'm going to try and explain That's it to you so through you know, presentations, right? So I think, yeah, it's, it is really important. Um, and the humility piece, totally understand it. It's being vulnerable, you know, like being... Uh, showing that, look, uh, when I get on the call, when I do sales training, I don't say I'm an SDR expert by any stretch. I want to be the idiot in the room. I want to be learning from other people in the room. But showing that I'm interested, I have hunger, I want to learn. I think these are great requisites. And again, it shows that you're human. So when you get on the phone to a VP of sales or somebody and you're like, look, I work with a lot of VPs of sales. They're saying this is currently what's working for them. But I just want to share some ideas and just hear how does it work for you? Like what's your secret sauce and that's where I think you can build a lot of good um, relationships. But like you said, also connecting with other people across the pond, people that you may have not had the chance to normally speak to, but you're putting yourself out there. Um, and that kind of like nicely comes into the next piece of putting yourself out there because you are somebody quite famous uh, <laughs> on LinkedIn because you recently came up with, actually, well, rather than me going on about it, what, what are we talking about here, Ellie? Do you know? It's, is it my hashtag SDRs of LinkedIn challenge? That's the one. Please. Uh, it's something I've participated in and I've got a few of my SDR mates to, to jump in on. But how on earth did this come about and like what, what sparked that creativity? Absolutely. It's... I... <laughs> This was a random thought I had in the shower. I know right, everyone has it. You have random thoughts in the shower. And I thought, imagine if the one, the one thing that I find is that there are so many SDRs out there. I'm part of a group called SDRs of London. I'm one of the hosts. And we've got like, I think like 200 members SDRs in our WhatsApp group. And every day people are asking questions and sharing ideas. But I realized that there's not kind of like a place where you share your tips and tricks because everyone has individual tips and tricks I probably my tips are very different to yours and that's links into at the end like if we talk about those tips and tricks you all have tips and tricks to share and I thought what if it was like this ice bucket challenge obviously where you nominate people I wanted to see I want to I wanted to see people posting on LinkedIn posting their ideas so I brought it up in our kind of, we have a host meeting once a week where we discuss like our ideas for the group and I shared it and they were like go for it like I love it and I recorded it and I thought oh people aren't going to do this so I nominated three people and one like they all did it and then they all nominated three people and then they all nominated three people and the whole idea was that I wanted to fill everyone's timeline with SDRs of LinkedIn sharing their ideas so I was you, what the whole concept was you either recorded a video or you did a post you had to be as creative as possible the one thing I loved was I received a lot of messages from people saying I've never posted on LinkedIn mm -hmm. until now and I've just posted mm -hmm. my first video and it's kind of like ripping off the plaster once you've done it I've then seen them post more and more and more and I just thought that was that's amazing for me because it's amazing for them to put themselves out there and I, you type in hashtag SDRs of LinkedIn and loads of videos and posts and that all comes up. And even now, I mean, we, it went over to the US, it went across in Sweden, it went across Europe. Even now, I receive messages from people being like, um, like it's, it's, it's crazy because I did a search and I think there's like 100,000 SDRs. That's just sales development rep that's not including yeah. bdrs or other terms 
globally, we can all learn from each other. And LinkedIn, I believe, is the place where we can all learn from each other. So I'm actually creating at the moment, maybe this is like a little bit of an insight. I'm actually creating a document of everyone's tips and tricks to share with people. That yeah. if look kind of like if you participated, I'm included your um tips and tricks. Wicked. And then people like people can learn from it, especially for new SDRs who are just starting out, who are like, oh my god, what the hell is this? What the hell is this role? Um yeah. they can they can have a look at it. Love it. That is one of the coolest stories <laughs> that I've heard so far on the show. Um the the impact that you have made it has literally spreaded like wildfire because I'll be honest with you, like when I saw a few people like posting, I was like, what's this? What's this? I I don't know about this. Um, And then I saw quite a few SDRs that I know like doing the challenge and I was like, I feel kind of left out. (laughs) I I, want to be in this, but I'm not an SDR anymore. I'm an SDR coach. Um, And then a good friend, Corentin Lindsay, Corey Lindsay from G2, he finally nominated me. I was like, yes, get to do it. Um, But like you said, like from an entrepreneurial thought in the shower, it then came into fruition and you said, oh, I don't know if people are actually going to, you know, take part in this. But I love that whole ice bucket challenge because that did take social media by storm. Um, and like you said, it's had a positive knock on effect. So you tag three people, then another three people. And do you know what? Similar to my post, I tagged people that are uh, in my own post that I knew were slightly nervous about putting their face on a camera and, you know, recording something and put it onto LinkedIn. But as you said, people are now building that confidence. They're like, oh, I'm not the only person doing it. Um, but what I, I've just heard from come from your mouth, which has made me so happy, is that you're collating all of these best practices to then obviously share out with other people. I think that's, I'm fully on board and support it. So when it comes out, let me know. I'll be happy to post it the hell out of it everywhere. <laughs> um, but I think what, another thing that I've kind of, I was speaking to um, uh, a happy selling client earlier this morning and they were saying to me, like, we've created playbooks, you know, best practices for SDRs. And I kind of said to them, one of the challenges with SDR playbooks is they can become very outdated very quickly. And I said equally like with, um, with COVID because we've had to find new strategies of finding numbers, how to connect with people because everybody's working from home and not everybody wants to be connected. But I think what you've got there will be very fresh how are you guys going to be, you know, keeping it up to date or like sharing it out with people? What's kind of, if you don't mind me asking, what's the plans to like share it with the world? Do you mean in terms of with Salesloft? With Salesloft, well, as in, you know, sharing it with SDRs to get all this information. Oh, what do you How mean? You? The content? Yes, I, the content. Oh, um, so I think to be honest, I'm going to put it on my LinkedIn and just say if anyone wants it to message me. And um, I'd like to encourage people to kind of build relationships and I'll link the people who have taken part and then they can connect with each other and that. Um, I think as well, I think LinkedIn is an amazing place where it's, I always describe it as imagine all of your prospects in one room and you're just handing out your business card to everyone and everyone's taking it obviously and this is why i really encourage SDRs to always use linkedin that's obviously the selling piece but from a networking piece i myself know i've learned so much on linkedin so um yeah no i'm definitely just going to pull it out there and if anyone wants a copy of it to let me know and i can share it with them or maybe in the future i might just publicly put it on my linkedin and then consistently add and then people know there's a place for them to constantly refer back to um i haven't quite <laughs> i haven't quite decided <laughs> how to share it yet no worries but um again when it's out let us know uh, and even by the point that when we release your show uh, on here 
we're happy to put links into yeah. the show notes of this podcast. So anything to help out in that, we'd love to do it. And you're right, you've learned there is an element of network, uh, networking and selling on LinkedIn. And the networking piece, I learned a lot from you, if I'm honest, more <laughs> recently, and it's to do with your profile picture. Um, so as an SDR trainer, I'm always telling SDRs that they should always put a professional picture that kind of mirrors the people that they're trying to sell to. So if you're selling to suits, then it makes sense to wear a suit. If you're selling to developers and hackers, etc., then wear t-shirts or startup vibes. But you posted something the other day where you had a professional picture, but you then wanted to put a picture of you at home, like the real Ellie. And at first I was like, no, I wouldn't do that because, you know, it doesn't conform to like what Neil thinks. But then I read your post further and I was like, do you know what? She's right. Because a lot of us are now remote. We're working from home. But what got you the courage to change it and, you know, write about it? What what prompted you to do that, Ellie? So I, it's quite funny when I, I had, when I started out in sales, I had a profile picture and it was me at a wedding. And it was probably the only picture where I don't look a bit like I I have a very Wallace and Gromit smile <laughs> it's very big so my natural smile is very big and it was the first, the only picture I had where I'm not doing my Wallace and Gromit smile so that was my LinkedIn profile and then everyone was like Ellie you really need a professional photo like so I was working at a very corporate organization so mm. I, it was again before a wedding but it was more yeah. of like a, we spent about an hour doing these headshots and I had about 50 photos and I spent ages, the final four, the final two, the final one, updated it. But I kept looking at it during lockdown and I thought, I've not worn a dress and heels in months. Obviously, in that picture, I'm wearing a dress and heels. I normally just put on a top, put on some trousers. I'd be lucky if they're jeans. They're normally some like joggers, whatnot. And... Yeah. um and I, I'm just doing my work. And I thought, this is me right now. I'm not wearing mm. a dress. I'm not always put together. I'm not always made up. So I thought, you know what? And that picture that I uploaded, I'm funny, I'm actually wearing the same top in it. I um, I had like, I had to self-isolate because I came into contact with someone with COVID. So I was mm. self-isolating at home and I was going absolute gaga. I I couldn't even walk my dog because you're not allowed mm. to leave. And my mum was really worried about me. She hadn't seen me. She said, are you okay, Ellie? Um, and I just sent her that selfie just to say, look, I'm fine. Like, I'm still smiling. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to upload my LinkedIn picture like that because that is me right now on the sofa or in my office working. That is, If you're going to take a discovery call with me, this is the picture you're going to get. Yeah. Um, you'll be right. You're right. I got very mixed reviews. I got some messages from people being like, "You should definitely change it back to your old picture," and I probably will. When this mm. is all over, I probably will change it back to my old picture. But for now, that new photo represents me, and it represents my current re- current environment working from home, um, and that's why I changed it. Dude, like, well done. <laughs> and if anything, I respect it. And I think only change it if you feel that you need to change it. But yeah. I agree with you. You've got to keep it real. You've got to keep it current because equally, if you have a picture which looks completely different and then you go on an online meeting with your prospect and they connect you, they're like, oh, who are you? Yeah, exactly. You, a bit yeah, of that picture. Nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think like telling your mum that, you know what, I'm cool. Here's a picture of me. I'm up to date. I think you've done well. Um, and yeah, it, it challenged me. You know, it takes a lot to challenge me because <laughs> I can sometimes be so rigid in my ways. But I think, you know what, hats off to you. Like keep it the way you think it should be done. Keep it you as well when I look back at the kind of professional photo 
I will for so long when I was in previous roles, I tried to be someone that I wasn't. I tried mm-hmm. to be really professional. I tried to be really well spoken. I'm very um, eloquent, um, very put together. And if anyone knows me, that is not me at all. Yeah. I like wearing bright colors. I love unicorns. I love rainbows. I love glitter. So the new picture, I think, just represents me a bit more rather than a professional put together picture. I'm not. I'm not that put together. Obviously, in my job, I am. But yeah. just in the day to day, that I think the new picture represents me a bit more. So like you said, making it human. Yeah, right? yeah, and that's the yeah. whole thing. Humans buy from humans. I say this to everyone: humans buy from humans. Be a human. Be yourself, because you're going to get caught out one day. Hundred percent agree, V. But and you don't want to have fake. Uh, you don't want to give a fake identity no. to somebody. You want no. to keep it real, because I think. Where yeah, I've done it as well. Where I have a, I have a particular telephone voice where I'm very oh, eloquent yeah. and I'm well spoken. And then when I'm doing certain training, I actually notice it because I watch recordings back on myself when I do classes, and I'm like, Neil, why are you talking like that? Yeah. You sound like a robot. Um, but yeah, to keep it real. So I really do respect that, and I think it should be the same. Um, and like you said, there's a time and place to be professional and proper and prim. Um, but yeah, I think it's equally for SDLs. We want to mirror uh, our audience. You know, we don't want to up talk or be something that we're not. No. Um, but there's another interesting piece that um, I again, I am an SDR by heart, so I watch stuff on LinkedIn. Um, and you you recently kind of put up like the bloopers <laughs> of your recorded video, and that made me laugh, and it made me so happy to watch. But for those that aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, could you give us a little bit of insight? What was the blooper reel all about? So I have been doing videos for years. I Even in my time in Forrester, I, I'm a huge fan of Vidyards or really any video tool to send videos. I'm all about, like I said, being a human. So one thing that I love in my prospecting is putting a face to a name and sending videos, introducing myself. And I had this moment where I was talking to some new SERs and they were like, oh, we wouldn't, we won't send videos because we mess up and we spend about 30 times doing a video. And I, they said, how do you, I did a video prospecting session and they said, how do you just seem so well put together? You just seem like it's really natural. And I was like, it's not. I mean, you're just seeing the face of it. I, I have times where I swear a lot yeah I <laughs> scream I just go oh you know um so I put it together this video and I adapted it and I I mean <laughs> they were only that was a small amount of the actual bloopers that I could actually use mm. so I just put together a quick snippet I didn't think it was going to go get as many likes or attraction as it did but it was actually my colleague suggested the music he was like you should really put funny music to it because mm. without the music it just seemed like me just being me but the music, I think, kind of adds an element to it. And I kind of think, if you can't laugh at yourself, what can you do? So I thought the reason why I put it out there was just to show other SDRs that the most professional video that you think has probably had about four takes or five takes. It's not all as glistening or put together as you think it is, but mm. to not give up and to keep going and I, w- I wouldn't deem myself a professional, but I've been making videos for a long time. And even I sometimes have to take retake it, 10 retakes, 20 retakes. <laughs> yeah, 
I feel, I feel your pain. I was recording a video this morning that I put on LinkedIn, multiple takes, and my phone went off. I was coughing and I was going, eh, making weird faces at the camera. Um, and I agree that it's really good because people don't just want to see a polished, finished product. They want to know what goes, what's the effort that goes into it. And I think, again, to your point, being human, being real, that shows an mm. element of humility, vulnerability to show, you know, we're not all perfect and polished. Like it does take a bit of graft to do it. Yeah. Um, and equally, when I do LinkedIn stories or Instagram stories, I put in the bloopers as well. Yeah. It's funny to watch and like to see what end product did it come in. And um, it's something I've learned as well to keep it real. That's what your followers and people that find your information useful, they just don't want just polished. No. They want the real side of you. So I think you do that really well. So I'm a big fan of your Thank posts you. and I'm going to keep watching them. Um, and as we're coming towards the end um, of our show, and it's been a great show so far, I definitely want to have you back on in the future. There's two points that I wanted to touch upon. First one was you mentioned like SDRs of London and being a host in that. And probably there are some SDRs that are listening mm. to this right now. Um, I'd love to know how, if I was an SDR, how do I get involved with it? What's it all about? And could you give us a little bit of pitch? Absolutely. So the SDRs of London is basically a group set up by um, by my colleagues, um, not my colleagues, my um, friends over at Wiser. And it's basically just a home for SDRs to collaborate and share ideas. Pre-COVID, they used to meet up and have, you know, beers and talks. Now, um, during the lockdown, the first lockdown, they were doing some like sessions online where they would get, um, you know, people who are seen as thought leaders in the space to come in and talk to other SDRs. But it's basically a place for you to get to know each other. And I've seen as well on the WhatsApp group, some people say, oh, I'm selling to IT professionals. I'm selling to tech professionals. I'm selling to salespeople. Can we collaborate and share ideas? I've spoken mm. with a lot of other SDRs that I would never have normally spoken to if it wasn't for the SDRs of London group. Um, if people are interested in joining, hit me up on LinkedIn and I can get you added to the group. And I think as well, it's it's funny because when I explain it to people, people think, oh, do you use it to prospect? Do you prospect other SDRs? And I'm like, no, I've never actually done that because I want it to kind of be like a safe space for SDRs to ask those stupid questions, ask the things that they are having trouble with, collaborate, share ideas. There's been some times where people um, don't agree on ideas and then it started like a little bit of a debate but that's all good and that's all healthy mm. and right now I think that there's not a lot of space where SDRs can be together and that's especially when you're new a lot of SDRs are graduates they're new to the role it is quite a daunting role I mean you're being you're cold calling you're reaching out to people that you've never spoken to before you're probably going to face a lot of rejection and as mm. a somebody in your new role that can be quite difficult so it's about having a place where you can speak to other people um but yeah if anyone wants to join let me know um and i can get you added thank you so much ellie and definitely i'll put that into the show notes as well uh, and a question i ask a lot of guests um in terms of being getting for somebody to reach out to you I'm somebody that uses Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, email, phone, the whole shebang. I'm on every <laughs> channel. What's the best channel to reach you on, Ellie? Uh, probably LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn all the time. I don't really use Facebook. Instagram, meh, not a lot, um, although I should try. But LinkedIn is the place where I am always, I'm always on my phone on LinkedIn. Someone actually made a joke to me that they were like, you are literally always on LinkedIn. I, but in the first thing in the morning I'm scrolling LinkedIn 
but it's because it's a place where you can learn and, and you know even when you scroll you learn things from people to help with your role maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with my job but <laughs> yeah I, I, <laughs> it's I, not, you know, I love it's LinkedIn. not a bad thing and same way, it's not a bad thing because I wouldn't have found you unless you was that person scrolling and posting. So you have to be active on these platforms. Yeah. I think yeah, we have to do things certainly in med- uh, what's the word in moderation. That's what I'm looking for. Because again, I can get sucked into LinkedIn for like four or five hours and I'm like, where the hell is the time gone? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you learn a lot. It's the biggest free library out there. And the very last piece that I did want to cover on is obviously you've been an SDR, but now you've gone into an enterprise SDR role. What's the difference and what does it mean to be an enterprise SDR, Ellie? Enterprise means that you're going after those large accounts that, you know, if your company scores them, it's it's game changer. Um it, it's it's harder in some ways in the sense that you really need to understand the account to even set up that individual conversation. I'm, I'm all for personalization. So I spend a long time now reading annual reports, finding hooks that I can link back to sales loft. Um, the other thing as well is normally the sales cycle seems to be a lot longer, but I anticipate, I've only been in this role for a couple, about a week now, but I anticipate the reward is going to be much higher when Mm. the feeling that you've secured this customer because it's going to be a long sales cycle. I'm working with an incredible AE called Misha at Salesloft. We're going to be collaborating together on on these enterprise accounts. And I'm just really excited to get Salesloft into these big companies and get them using this platform we've a lot of commercial organizations already using the like sales engagement so getting it into the bigger companies and having that aha moment when they're like oh my god why did we not have this before very similar to my aha moment where i thought (laughs) oh my god i need to use this that's what i'm that's what i'm looking forward to love it love it and i'm gonna pause it there because this is also there's a running theme going through our podcast shows at the minute like working in a dynamic duo Mm. working with a great a so i also got to give props to misha i've worked with misha on two or three deals uh through happy selling as well super hot uh uh, he was like a hot sdr worked at peak and came to sales loft he's super good at what he does um and i've got a lot of time for him Mm. so you can learn a hell of a lot from misha but um i think he's equally going to learn a hell of a lot from you (laughs) But this running theme of, I think I'd love to get you back on the show in the future mm-hmm. where maybe we could do two guests where it's you and Misha. Love it. To talk about how you hit the enterprise space, how you work as an SDR, as an AE together, as a dynamic duo. What were your thoughts on that? Absolutely love that. I'm so down for that. I'm sure Misha will be as well. Wicked. All right. I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you <laughs> shortly about that as well. Um, but Ellie, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on the show and to Thank share your you. great SDR knowledge. What three key takeaways would you give to a younger version of yourself that's just about to embark on this great SDR journey? Um, I think I've thought about this a long time. And I mean, I could give a lot of advice to my younger self. The first one is not everyone's going to like you. Um, and that's okay. Just carry on being yourself don't change for anyone and don't be a people pleaser the second one is pick up the phone but also send emails also use linkedin make sure you are using a multi-touch um campaign to be where your prospects are Hmm. and the last thing is to get out of your box i um i once 
read this quote that if you are scared of something, do it a hundred times and then you won't be scared of it anymore. When I started out, I initially was a bit pe- like scared to do video, scared to do these things that because I was worried about being rejection, being rejected. So I spent a day cold calling, being rejected constantly. I spent a day making videos, failing. Get yourself out your box and just keep going and don't give up. So yeah, they're my probably three um, three main tips that I'd give to young Ellie. She, probably, she needed it at the time, but we've got yeah. there in the end. <laughs> I, th- I think those, uh, I always I always hear myself saying, but that was definitely solid advice. Uh, something I need to take note of because, uh, yeah, even as an SDR coach, I could still be improving. I definitely agree with that. Not everybody's going to like you. Practice it, get those hours in, build up that resilience um, and get out of your comfort zone. I, I, I 100% agree with that. Thank you so much. And uh, I know I keep saying this as we're coming to the end of the show, but are there any shout outs that you'd like to give before you leave today, Ellie? I think, to be honest, my biggest shout out, I shout him out on every single podcast, but I'm going to shout him out again. And that's Ollie Sharp. Ollie, the fact is that he could have so easily, when I approached him about joining Salesloft, he could have so easily said, no, sorry, you're not ideal for this role. But the fact that he was willing to explore me coming in as an SDR. He's also been so supportive to our entire team, especially during this pandemic lockdown situation, because mental health is so important to him that I honestly don't think we would have got through it without him and his leadership skills. So my main, right now I owe everything to him and I think we all do. Um, So my shout out is to Ollie Sharp. That's a very, you almost brought an SDR tear to, <laughs> to my eye then. Ollie is the man, 100% uh, agree with you on that. But um, Ali, definitely, we're going to have to get you back on as a show in the future, hopefully with Misha as a dynamic yeah. duo. Love it. Uh, but, but thank you so much for being a guest on the SDR Disco Call podcast. I wish you all the best luck um, in this new role. And we look for, we're going to be watching you closely on LinkedIn, trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, Ellie. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.